Hello and welcome once again to episode 51 of Code Completion. We are a group of iOS developers and educators hoping to share what we love most about development, Apple technology, and completing your code. My name is Dimitri and I'll be your host once again for this episode and I'm joined today by my fellow completionist, Spencer. Hey there. So before we get into our main topic, it's time once again for our Indie App Spotlight. So today we are checking out Daily Time Tracking by Niels Mouthen, uh, a Mac status bar app. So Daily's uh, daily starts off by asking you what are you currently up to and tracks how long you spend on that task. At the end of the day, uh, tallies and summaries are taken, uh, making it easy to review where your time went. Additionally, you can schedule when your time uh, should be tracked and automatically apply an activity when you need it. Daily is free to try and costs only $3.49 a month or $19.99 a year to unlock all its features, so please be sure to support Niels at, and check it out today. And if you are an indie app developer, we want to hear from you. Please reach out to us on Twitter at CodeCompletionVNDM, and we'll spotlight your app in the future as well. So for our main topic uh, today, we wanted to discuss our predictions for Apple's Unleashed event. And <laughs> there are indications that we'll uh, be getting uh, faster-than-light travel. That seems to be what the, the poster card says. Yep. Um, and as we know from every Apple poster card... Uh, that is exactly what is announced at the at the event. Uh, so I'm betting on new HomePods. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, what else could they could they announce? New AirPods, right? That's definitely going to be what everyone yeah. is expecting. Yeah, the, it, like they they make you run twenty percent faster when you're working out or something like that. That's that's what I hear on the street. Something like that. And what else could go faster, like? A new Apple TV, like we got a new remote, but the Apple TV is kind of eh. Like the yeah. the Apple TV could go faster, right? Yeah, I mean they just updated it, but really, I mean, it wasn't that much of an update. No, I mean we need like 8K because you know everyone has an 8K TV now. If you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Seriously, um, and then iPad Pros, those are definitely haven't been updated in so long. I no. feel like no, and honestly, you know, an M1. Mm. I mean, yeah, not that amazing. Anymore. Point, if we're getting to the point where we're kind of branching into, you know, uh, desktop chips, they should just throw in like a Xeon or something, make it on par with the Mac Pro, not, you know, just the MacBook Air. That's the next logical step, in my opinion. So, uh, what is it that everyone is so excited about? Because it's. I, at least from my point of view, it feels like people are way more excited about this event than the iPhone event for ungodly reasons. So uh, what is it that everyone is excited about? Yeah, I think for me, it's the the possibility of the next generation of, of Apple Silicon. If, you know, if we're being serious now, um, that we've, I think, by and large, um, Apple Silicon has been very well received. It runs fairly well i mean we've benchmarked it more or less uh maybe not very scientifically against our own devices and they seem to compete with uh anecdotally with uh, imac pros and our well i know that my m1 macbook air per- t- tends to perform better than my uh 2019 macbook pro with an i9 in it so there are some serious features um or rather I don't know, specifications, performance improvements that Apple's made in here that have some limitations. Like I know that one that bugs Fernando a ton is 
the lack of multiple displays, right? You can have um, one extra display max if you're on a on a laptop or or two if you're on a an, a Mac Mini. So it's it feel though although it is a great ship overall, it does have its limitations, and we've seen those. No external GPU support uh, through Thunderbolt. So you know there are some things that need to be worked out. But by and large, it's been great, and so I think we're all ready to see. All right, we've given Apple. Um, has it been quite a year? Yeah, almost a year. They launched mm-hmm. it last November. What is the next generation of this? The M1X, whatever they're going to call it, the M2. Uh, I think most people are kind of leaning towards it being called the M1X. Um, and just being able to now make the switch over to Apple Silicon now that we really have had a year to test it and know yeah things work great um the rosetta the rosetta 2 translation is great so if you do need to use uh x86 based apps they work fine and you really can't mm-hmm. tell at least i can't tell um yeah and so i've I read think... that that rosetta 2 is even better for some things like homebrew it's just like run it in rosetta 2 it works <laughs> way better than the the m1 variant because not everything has been updated for the m1 yep. especially like open source tooling uh, and that's the part that kind of takes the longest to get and get there. Um, even though, like, you would think, oh, it's being recompiled for my machine specifically. Uh, that should make it work immediately. But unfortunately, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that it's going to be... Like, Apple gave themselves a timeline. And then the whole world kind of imploded on itself. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> we don't know if Apple will be able to kind of maintain that timeline of being able to transition everything over but they started uh with a very strong uh step in the right direction with the macbook airs the mac mini the 13 inch macbook pro and uh, the reintroduction of color uh in their mac line with the new imax uh so i guess it's it's probably interesting to think about whether it will be an m1x or if it will be an m2 right uh, mm-hmm. presumably an M2 will be based off of the A15 uh, processor cores, whereas an M1X will be based off of uh, the A14 processor cores or the ones in the M1 just expanded out uh, to have more uh, processing capabilities, right? Um, yeah. So which what direction do you think Apple will kind of go into? Yeah, that's it's a good question. And Remind me here, or correct me if I'm wrong, I think the the M1 and A14 by extension were on a 7 nanometer process, mm-hmm. and the A15 is on a 5 nanometer, right? Yep. Okay, so in that case, I know that they are for sure the number one, um, I don't know what you call it, company that schedules uh, time at TSMC. Uh, Just a customer. To- just Your customer, yeah, customer for for <laughs> silicon man- manufacturing on their five nanometer process. So I would not be surprised whatsoever if we do uh, get a five nanometer chip. I don't know if that's going to be called the M1X or M2. I think I'm on board with you, which you would probably call that an M2, just as the next generation, not kind of a um, a talk like a you know TikTok like Intel used to do. Um, as kind of a, a smaller upgrade. But again, like you said, just with everything that's happening, um, with this, all the supply chains in everything, um, 
I don't know, but they seem to have had relative success with new iPhones, right? Which are on the five nanometer process as well. And the new iPads as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's absolutely possible. They could have a new generation of the M series. So if we are on a new generation of the M series, do you think we get something that they're going to name different than an M2, like an M2X? So that way, when a MacBook Air comes out that updates the previous MacBook Air, that mm-hmm. one will just be the lowly M2 uh, compared to the expanded one? I'd say so. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting how they, they name their chips, just because, like, if we go back to... We're Apple on the B1. Chips, <laughs> Well, yeah, well, and they do things like they call it, uh, you know, A12X, A12Z, but then they go to, like, Bionic because of neural engines, and it's like, eh, kind of is a weird naming convention where, hey, it's it's better than, like, what Intel does, so that's great, but, um, yeah, I, I think they'll probably do something like M1 or M2 for the lower end, the Mac Mini, the MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. M1X or M1, I can see them doing like P for Pro or S for Speed because they're all about speed, 5G and all that. So um, 5G, 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 5G. 5G. <laughs> That's those are such good videos. I love those compilations. Um, um, so not no, meaning to, yeah. to distract us, uh, but. So I, I guess what Apple could also do is they come out with like an M2 series of higher end professional more professional computers uh mm-hmm. than that lowly uh macbook air that is like faster than most things but never mind that um so then when the new macbook air comes out and it they want to use a lower spec chip than the the super uh sized m2 that is in like the macbook pros that we'll talk about in a moment uh maybe they come out with as you said uh an m2 l for light or an m2a sure uh for air um like i can see all sorts of different naming conventions that come out of nowhere uh just specifically for this Mm -hmm. you know i wouldn't be surprised and i'm one thing i am really interested to see is i'm just looking at mac rumors like their buyer's guide that shows how often apple releases a new device and they are uh more or less they've more or less been on track for you know yearly uh, ish sometimes by yearly averages of releases and so i'm wondering are they going to now with their own silicon keep up with the yearly um, release standard that they have for handheld devices like ipads and iphones or are they going to maybe do something like they keep the Mac mini and the MacBook air on maybe like a two year cycle and then only update the pro models. You know, I don't know. The, I guess the good part about that is where I would never have considered in my entire life using a MacBook air as sort of, uh, you know, for, for anything hardcore, not hardcore, but anything more than web browsing, right? Like Mm -hmm. compiling code or anything that would take forever. But my MacBook Air, my M1, works fantastic. And I would absolutely keep this machine because it works just fine. I don't think they necessarily need to update them yearly on sort of the lower end. But I think the the you know Pro um, 
demographic that needs that would uh, of course enjoy a yearly um yearly update yeah and i i remember back like before apple was super popular uh they would just come out with a new computer uh, there wouldn't necessarily always be some big fanfare or event for it. Um, it would just be time for a new computer to come out. And then yeah. all of a sudden the page is updated. You can't order the old one anymore. You can only order the new one. Um, and Apple really hasn't done that in quite a while, I would say, um, mm-hmm. in terms of how they go ahead and plan new machines um, to be new products to be released. Um, so... It's definitely going to be interesting to see if they stay on the more or less yearly cadence as you brought up, or if they increase. I hope they don't increase it, because it's always good to be able to say, hey, if you need a computer, just buy whatever Apple has, instead of that really awkward time when they haven't updated the MacBook Air in, like, years, and then it's like, you hesitate to even recommend it anymore, Um, which is, like, where Apple was for an unfortunately long time with several different configurations. The Mac mini like spent three or four years before any update. And it was a minor update um, at that. The Mac pro famously uh, it's like that. I hope Apple can get out of that and back onto a yearly cadence of boring updates. Um, And that's boring in the best possible way, because if you need a computer, you can just buy one and it's always going to be faster than the one you bought a year ago. And that's, I think, a good thing. Yeah. I mean, you look at um, phone reviews and they're like, mm-hmm. is this, you know, is this a, um, I don't know quite how they word it, but they're just like, it's an okay update. It's like, there's nothing major, but phones are at the point where I don't know what else you're going to do with it to make it a major, major update, right? Mm-hmm. They put the new, they put the new refresh rate, high refresh rate screen in. They put, they added some stuff to the cameras, and you're like, sweet, this is a great update. If you're in the market for a phone now, buy the 12. If you can wait a few months or whatever, not now, but never mind. The example is getting complicated. My point is, phones are phones, and they're all pretty much good at this point. So I'm sure that with Apple Silicon, they're kind of going to get to that point where. Um, at least I hope the refresh cycle is not too long, maybe two years at the most, in my opinion. Like, my mom has an M1 MacBook Air 2, and it smokes her MacBook Pro that we bought her in, I don't know, 2015 or so, right? It's She could keep using that for what she does for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, interesting that you brought up the, the Mac pro though, because that did not get updated for over 2000 days, um, <laughs> from 2013. That is interesting. So, um, do we think that the new Mac pro is going to get an update? Um, Oh, definitely. That's the year? first product that they're going to, uh, come out with, uh, on the event. And they're going to say, can't innovate, uh, anymore my ass and uh they're gonna come out straight out of the gate and we're saying we have a brand new mac pro looks like the old one uh Mm -hmm. does not even have apple silicon (laughs) yeah so uh based on the rumors and more than rumors leaks uh it seems like uh apple is working on a brand new mac pro um and not a minor update to it so 
Um, if you don't know how computers are put together, it's not like you can just take off one chip and put like a new chip and everything else is more or less unchanged. For every new generation of CPU, you pretty much have to redesign the motherboard uh, to work for that generation of chip. And you basically get one motherboard per type of, of chip that you're going to put on there. So um, Intel did come out with a new generation of workstation Xeons, um, and they basically uh, smoke the last generation in good ways. Uh, and hopefully in ways that bring it closer in terms of single core performance to what we now are used to with an M1, uh, but really expand the boundaries of what you can do with multi-core performance um, if you need massive amounts of memory, massive amounts of expandability. Um, so in all those areas, the M1 is not at all uh, a competitor. It's not even a consideration. Right. Um, so I think it really is important that Apple does maintain this computer, especially once they've cornered themselves, not once, but uh, several times in thermal corners, once with the cylinder uh, 2013 Mac Pro, once with the iMac Pro, where they just couldn't update it anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And hopefully they said, well, this one has plenty of headroom, uh, so they should be able to use a similar design uh, for the system, but just tweak the motherboard like implementation um, such that it can handle these new chips. So um, for a bit more details, the last generation of uh, chips was Intel's Cascade Lake uh, Xeon workstation processors, and now we're on Ice Lake Xeon workstation processors. They go from W3200 or something to W33. So minor spec bump there, but... Uh, there's no longer any differentiation between the type of chip that you get and the amount of memory that it can support. They're all four terabytes now. Um, they all support PCIe uh, for 4.0. Yep. 4.0, which is double the speed of 3.0. Um, and like overall, there's a lot of improvements there. So I really hope Apple does kind of keep this machine going, especially if it's going to take them longer to make a true Apple Silicon uh, Mac Pro with expandability in mind, with massive amounts of RAM in mind, um, with massive amounts of cores in mind. So if they can't do that just yet, they should double down and continue providing a great Mac Pro that's the very highest end uh, computer. Um, and I think their customers will see it in a good see it as a good thing that they are updating this machine it's not a dead end yet again there might be some people that are just not buying the mac pro because they're like yeah fool me once shame on me but fool me twice shame on you kind of thing uh so they may not ever buy another mac pro until you kind of prove that you are going to keep it coming even if it is low uh volume in general i have seen them in the wild i have seen people like love uh their mac pros so it's not that out of the ordinary i mean even the imac pro is something that was well loved it was just never updated anymore Mm -hmm. um so i i do think that we are going to get this machine the question is will we get it during this event next week um which is questionable because if as you said it's all about apple silicon then where what place does this machine have if it's not apple silicon right yeah i can definitely see them just kind of doing one of those like oh and hey we also 
kind of updated the Mac Pro and not, mm-hmm. you know, glossing over it a little bit. But it's a press release it, at the end of the event. Kind of thing. Exactly. It's not. Um, I'm sure it's not their main moneymaker, as expensive as they are, just mm-hmm. volume wise. There's no way that they're selling enough to keep up with, you know, $900 MacBook Airs. Um, but I, you know, it, they go up to a 28 core processor right now. Um, I want to say the Ice Lake ones go up to 32, or maybe they stick with 28. I can't remember. Either way, they go that's up to a, 38. 38. Okay, wow. That's a lot. That, that's a lot of cores. Um, and if we're on 8 right now, kind of. I mean, 4 and 4, right? Forward mm-hmm. performance for efficiency that's that's a big jump and you know i have no doubt that apple's um engineers are are fantastic but that's that's a big jump and maybe they they pull it out and that's great but also i can see them updating to ice lake giving us another year or two maybe um no doubt that they'll come out with an apple silicon mac pro but i think the question is when it buys them time um, it buys them time and you also have to think about not just about core count but you've got things like uh, PCIe lanes, right? Where a normal consumer chip has like 20 lanes and generally 16 are taken up by like a graphics card, for example. And that all your lanes are gone, then you've got enough for like a high-speed drive. Whereas uh, server-grade processors like these Intel Xeons or the AMD Epic ones have like 128 lanes. There's a lot more than just the uh, core count and the frequency of the processor that needs to be kind of worked out and I don't know, you know, just from the M1 itself, where they were focusing on probably efficiency rather than all of these other features, like they didn't, again, have eGPU support, which isn't necessarily due to PCIe lanes, but they left out a lot of features that were maybe at this point have come to be expected. So yeah, even the two Thunderbolt port limitation, like that is because there's just not enough lanes. They use them all for everything yeah. else that the system is doing um, yeah and the uh 2018 mac mini has four right yeah and, and it's still for sale yeah, yeah so. exactly i think they'll stick with intel for a little while longer um i don't know if that's you know due to necessity or co- contractual ob- obligations or both but um i i would guess that they're not quite ready for replacing every mac into using apple silicon yet mm-hmm and it's interesting you brought up price for the Mac Pro because we tend to think of it as like the joke most expensive computer <clears throat> ever sold. Like if you max <laughs> right. it out, I think it it comes out to like $54,000 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, ridiculous. Um, that said, as much as we can uh, pin a lot of price hiking on Apple for memory, don't buy memory if you can swap it out yourself. Like they use standard yeah. chips. So buy, buy those chips yourself. Uh, you will save tons of money. Uh, in the long run, and you might be able to get way more than you would have otherwise like been comfortable with uh, purchasing directly from Apple, and it doesn't void your warranty or anything. So if you can get your own chips and put them inside your computer, which is exceedingly rare, like it's only in the Mac Pro now, <laughs> uh, then definitely go with that solution. But that said, uh, their prices for the actual like chips themselves, like the CPUs and the GPUs, is not that out of the ordinary. So, for example, yeah. uh, on the current Mac Pro, uh, you could come, you can get the standard eight-core uh, Intel Xeon W processor, yada yada, uh, and that comes standard. 
and you can upgrade it in a series of like core increments up to the 28 core, uh, which is a $7,000 upgrade. You might be wondering like, hey, Apple, like, why are you milking me for this uh, $7,000? But if you look at the MSRPs for that chip series uh, that Intel has set, so basically this is a price that Intel sets saying, hey, we're going to make money off of this. And then you, the person selling this chip, are also going to make like some profit off of this. So if everyone kind of sets the prices around this point, then everything is more or less fair. It's a manufactured suggested retail price. Um, so if you look at those retail prices, uh, the that same eight core uh, chip uh, that they start with is $750. So if you kind of subtract that from the beginning or add 750 to everything else, uh, these prices are going to make sense because if you jump up to the 28 core uh, chip, that is a $7,500 chip uh, that Apple is putting in. So these prices that uh, you see on the current Mac Pro page uh, of price increments for both the CPU and also the GPUs, especially since GPUs are now being uh, heavily resource constrained due to uh, crypto mining, uh, this is actually not a bad deal uh, in terms of like what you're getting for the money. Not saying that you need a $7,000 chip, but, but the point I'm trying to make is Intel's new Ice Lake processors, they go from $950 uh, on the low end uh, to $4,500 on the high end, which means that we are likely going to see a cheaper ridiculous Mac Pro as a result of this, um, just because the chips are not going to be as expensive. Apple's not going to charge $7,000 for a $4,000 like increment. Um, so we'll likely see um, something more affordable on the CPU side. We've seen something more affordable come in on the GPU side because that can come completely separate. It's um, board agnostic, as you will. Um, and hopefully Apple can keep the whole MPX scheme that they've been going with. And they can reuse a lot of this, uh, a lot of uh, these improvements that they've been working on. Now, the part that's going to make the new Mac Pro even more ridiculous uh, is the fact that the new processors support uh, eight lanes of memory, uh, which tap out at four terabytes, I think, which is a lot yeah. more than 1.5 terabytes that Apple currently sells at, let me check, $25,000. Uh, so that is going to be fun uh, just to kind of max out the configurator and see like what's the new most ridiculous Mac. But once again, don't buy memory from Apple. Uh, buy the mim- minimum you can. You can likely even sell those chips um, or just add to them. Like you get what you co- what it comes with, and then you add more larger chips uh, to your configuration, and that works fine. Uh, so, if you are in the the market for Mac Pro, I would wait honestly, um, especially yeah. since it seems highly likely that Apple's coming out with a new one. There are leaks within Xcode itself uh, that. They want to use Intel scalable processors uh, for this machine. Uh, So I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Just kind of to hit again on on the memory side. Um, If you go to like OWC or Mac sales, uh, you can get any amount of RAM for about half, uh, one and a half terabytes for $12,250. So so. it's a lot of money, but it's also half the money. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, memory is definitely something it's super easily upgradable as well. If you've never done it and there are like are indicators on the, um, 
the little covers on the Mac Pro where where the memory goes to show you which ones you put them in. If you don't buy all eight uh, sticks of memory, it's like very easy. Um, like so you could do it wrong cool. and the computer will be fine. It's just not going to be optimal. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, um, it's it's literally the easiest upgrade anyone can do as long as you can actually get into the computer. Not possible with like the iMac Pro easily, uh, but super easy with the Mac Pro where you just lift the thing off. Um, yeah, they're not just soldered. Put the chips in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and one one cool thing about um, the the graphics card is we noticed a while ago that they upgraded the um, for, so when the Mac Pro came out the um, the like current generation of GPUs were the five thousand series from AMD because mm-hmm. uh, Apple doesn't support uh, Nvidia graphics cards. They upgraded now to the six thousand series, which came out um, maybe a little a year or so ago. I can't remember. But um, a lot of these GPUs are also not, as far as I know, for sale anywhere else. And so they're not like they're consumer-grade uh, graphics cards. They're like workstation ones with like some some of them have like two GPU um, uh, chips, I guess. Uh, on the same on, board. On the same board and everything. So they're very unique. They're custom. I wouldn't be surprised if Apple is the only one that can get these chip, or these GPUs right now, especially like Dimitri said. In the yeah, good luck market, getting the so. consumer ones. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, but you can it's... if you, if you are okay with a uh, more mediocre graphics card that yeah. is not twice the price, then you can definitely get the consumer one, and that's what something like the Mac Pro allows, uh, which is super neat. Um, yeah. So again, it depends what your trade offs are. The reason why we have workstation cards that are twice, three times, four times the price is because they have to be absolutely perfect. If you're rendering a movie and it takes like several days to render a scene, you don't want a mistake. If yeah. one mistake, you have to redo it. And if you redo it and there's a mistake in that one too, like that computer is useless to you. Um, whereas if you have a card that you're getting purely for enjoyment, you're playing games, right. uh, not necessarily relying on the data that's coming off of it, you might see a glitch one frame out of like every few days that you're using it and it's not even going to be a big glitch it might be something super minor um but like what can be catastrophic in one set of like uh situations can be totally okay in a different set and that's why you have uh these wildly different costs on the same uh chips uh which for all intents and purposes do the same thing so uh that's why they're more expensive use that information wisely because if you don't need it then you don't necessarily need to spend all that extra money you do get a fan yes. a fanless card uh which sounds better but that's that's about the only difference uh yeah. from that perspective one last thing i wanted to mention sorry with uh, the reason i wanted to mention the, the upgrade, we all really uh, want mac pros that's why <laughs> yeah no come on i mean come on who do, who doesn't have a um $9600 dual graphic card setup come on um no <laughs> the reason i wanted to mention the update uh to the new series of of amd gpus is that apple's doing something with the mac the current mac pro already they're already up letting you upgrade uh, at least components of the mac pro itself um so i wouldn't be surprised if we get a like dimitri saying a new upgrade to the ice lake um chips which are more recently up uh, released. I think we checked a couple months ago, and they were literally released like that week. Yeah, or they're something. just starting to make it onto Geekbench 
Like yeah. these are right off the press, like not widely available, I would say, um, especially yeah. since there's just reviews. Like that's the only articles that you can find about these are review units. Um, so it might just be taking Intel some time to manufacture them. And uh, therefore, Apple does not have a high enough capacity for their super limited capacity computer. <laughs> yeah. So like it could, I don't know it if could if always they... come down to that. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know if they just kind of make it a footnote on the end of the of the announcement, or if it really is more like a shadow launch, and they just say, "Oh, by the way, you know, end of the year or something." Oh, by the way, we'll have these in the spring or something. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if we still have an Intel Mac Pro next year, at least so first half of the year. So while we're speculating, I think there is one way we might see it within the keynote, and that is if it does have an M2 coprocessor. Do you think Apple okay. would consider something like that? That's like interesting. Like there's space on the board. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. I think that would be a very, very interesting thing to have uh, both an Intel chip and an and, and Apple Silicon chip. I don't know how you do that. I'm sure you could pull it off. The interoperability between completely different architectures, that's super interesting, but also not um, out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they wrote Rosetta, so um, I'm sure they could, you know, figure that out. So if you, you'd get a lot. I mean, you'd get like the um, the hardware encoding of H.265 and everything, um, not to mention just being able to probably run um, ARM uh apps right like ios apps and everything natively which would be super cool especially for development yeah so the way i can see this is maybe the kernel is running basically entirely on the m2 um and any intel process that you choose like there's a little checkbox when you open command i on an app uh, and you can choose to run it like under rosetta or under uh, native if it does have both um, so I can foresee uh, allowing professionals to choose on this specific machine, hey, I want to run this process entirely on the Intel side of things because mm-hmm. it does have so many more resources available for it. Um, yeah. And at that point, the the system is completely freed up to dedicate that chip to that one uh, application, um, more or less. And that could be immensely powerful. Like, for the most part, CPUs are already prepared to do this. Like they run each application in complete isolation from everything else. So from the CPU's point of view, I don't see too many difficulties with getting something like this working. Um, especially when you have very smart people at Apple figure it out for us. Uh, but yeah. it is within the realm of possibilities. Um, and that's that's the part that I wanted to kind of highlight is... This is something that could happen. I don't know if it's the thing that we'll see, but it could include the Mac Pro in with everything that we are seeing that's coming out um, without necessarily removing it from uh, Intel uh, in the process. Yeah. Um, I I mean, this is to a much less lesser degree, but am I wrong in saying that like the T2 chip in the current Intel Macs are are just like older A10 series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of already there's a little interoperability. I don't think it would be quite on the same level that you're talking about, but I guess there's a little bit of a pre- precedent for that anyway. Mhm. Yeah, like uh, they're already doing hardware encoding through those chips 
rather yeah. than through the Intel chips because Apple's hardware encoders are just that much better. <laughs> um, right. So, like, I can see the Intel chip being the coprocessor to uh, the Apple Silicon chip that is kind of the brains okay. of the operation. But the Apple Silicon chip doesn't necessarily need to have a huge amount of lanes for all the expandability at that point. It just kind sure. of makes its lanes available to the Intel chip to communicate with it. Um, and from that point forward, it just communicates with the Intel chip and offloads all the things that need to be Intel specific onto that chip. That chip has access to all four terabytes of memory that it needs, mm -hmm. but an Apple Silicon app would not have access to those four terabytes. It would just use whatever sure. on package memory is available. Um, and I could totally see that working fine. I mean, if you know mm -hmm. you're going to need something to run a certain card, then that's probably good enough, right? Yeah. I think that's an interesting compromise. I'd be very happy to see something like that. Okay, so that said, what most people are expecting at this event is not a Mac Pro. <laughs> no. Let's be completely clear. Uh, everyone really, really wants new MacBook Pros. So what kind of new MacBook Pros uh, does everyone want, and what do you think we'll actually get? Yeah, I think they just want whatever the next series is going to be, the M2, M1X, whatever it is. I think we were just talking yesterday or something, and I said, even if uh, there are no per performance improvements per se, like clock speed, IPC, um, but it's just purely they give us like double the cores or something and, you know, add the ability to have more external displays or something for Fernando. That would be great. I would be more than happy with that because, like I said already, my MacBook Air kind of crushes my my work MacBook Pro that is probably double the price of it. So um, I can't really say that I'm... My expectations are low in, in a good way, I suppose, where I, I'm sure... There's not be... much that needs to change to make you happy. No, I mean, right? it's... I'm so pleasantly surprised my experience this year with my M1 MacBook Air that it can only really go up from here. So um, one thing I have noticed is um, when I use my, my work laptop, not in uh, clamshell mode, but I'm actually just using it as a normal laptop, it feels absolutely massive to me as a 16-inch MacBook Pro. So I hope that they'll allow the specs to be the same for the 16 and uh, supposed 14-inch and I would probably just go with the smaller one because it's more portable and I just feel like I am carrying, I don't know, a cinder block with me everywhere when I use the 16 inch. So I hope for a smaller one that still has, you know, the same um, capabilities where sometimes they kind of limit that to the larger models. Yeah, that's, that's just me. So, uh, ironically enough, that is like the only way to use the 16-inch MacBook Pro is as a laptop. If you try to plug it into monitors and power and all that, uh, the discrete GPU kicks in, and then the whole system is like permanently thermal throttled, uh, yeah. which it makes it the most disappointing Mac I've ever like used. I actively dislike. Uh, anything turning on that computer because then the just the fans will just be running uh and yep. every the um kernel task will be running at a hundred percent and that's like a self-preservation tactic where it prevents other applications from using the the cpu so that way it can cool down 
Um, and it's just permanently in that state. And it's for, like for me, unusable. I cannot use that computer. Whereas the M1 iMac that I use is about as fast as the iMac Pro that I also have. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> it has a quarter of the memory. Uh, so right. it's not anywhere close in terms of that capacity. Uh, but it's it's a $1,500 computer compared to a $12,000 computer. Um, yeah. And that's, that's pretty ridiculous. So um, like you said... I'm really looking forward to these new MacBook Pros just because I'm hoping that they don't need to have multiple things in them. If it's just Apple's one chip and let there be a fan, please, Uh, because (laughs) I don't think I'll hear that fan very often if it's a chip that Apple makes, even if it is super powered compared to the MacBook Airs. Like I never hear the fan in the iMac that I have that has fans. Um, It's just a thing that is in there that I don't pay attention to. So I'm totally happy with it to have a fan. Uh, I just don't want it to have the need for things like a discrete GPU um, because that really um, that really prevents it from doing anything useful. And like you said, uh, hopefully this chip will be able to have more than one uh, external display. Uh, something I really enjoyed having with my computers mm-hmm. is a large display space for me to put all my stuff on because... I have a lot going on in my head at once, uh, and it's useful to have a lot of space for that. And it's just something that's not possible on uh, the M1 series of computers. So uh, hopefully this is the new generation that kind of enables more than one or two displays. Um, Hopefully it's not limited to two. Uh, Hopefully we can have a few more than that. But uh, like again, back to the Mac Pro, you can have like 16 displays if you counted the 4k ones um yeah. it's a bit ridiculous you can have fewer 5k displays and 6k displays which is ironic um because the 6k ones use display stream compression whereas right. the 5k ones don't um so yeah you can have the least amount of 5k displays but it's still like a stupid amount uh yeah. so hopefully apple can kind of show up uh their mac pro a little bit and say like hey you didn't think you could have six displays on this computer but you can um and that would be really neat uh that said the rumors are that it will only have two thunderbolt ports which makes me immediately sad because that means yeah. fewer displays uh but it will have the return of the hdmi port uh the return of the sd card slot uh and the return of magsafe those are all awesome i hope i i really really do hope that apple kind of backtracks a little bit because as soon as they did that, it was like, awesome, now we have to do dongles. And then everyone laughed at Apple. And then now everyone is doing that on their own, you know, Windows laptops and whatever. And it's just like, at least those other computers have things like an HDMI port. And it's not limited to just USB-C ports. Where, yeah, you can buy a dongle. It's it's no big deal. But it's also like, you have to remember to put the dongle in your backpack when you leave. And it's just a whole pain where if we had an HDMI port, and even like one USB-A port, that would be awesome. Personally, I would love that. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I can definitely see MagSafe returning. They have finally embraced MagSafe in um, in iOS devices, which is great, and I love it, and I think it's a great addition. So they've not necessarily given up on the concept of magnetic charging like that, whether... Uh, well, if it's just a puck that goes in the back of the monitor... <laughs> Right on the Apple logo. 
That'd be interesting. It looks um, like, um, you know, in hospitals when they're like checking a patient's uh, heart rhythm or something like that, and they put the <laughs> telescope. That's exactly what it would look like. <laughs> um, they also Anyways. work as as headphones. You know, you just put them in. Yeah, it's dual purpose. Back your... Heck, heck yeah, dude. wireless. Wireless. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> their wires um, going to somewhere. Yeah, but not connecting directly is wireless. <laughs> but yeah, I think my biggest asks would be an HDMI port for sure. Um, SD card slot's really cool. I don't personally use SD cards. A I've ton. never, I've never used it. And the one yeah. time that I needed to use it, uh, it wasn't fast enough, so we had to get an external little thing, anyways. So I, I do not see the point of this. Yeah. I know everyone's like, oh, it's the only way to have cameras and stuff like that. One, no one has cameras anymore. Two, if you have a yes. camera, you can plug it in directly. I never saw the like the <laughs> bad thing about that. You then don't need to take the card out of your camera. Um, yeah. But apparently people don't like that. I don't understand it. Um, yeah, I was going to say I only really used it when I was in high school and college for things like transferring photos and videos because my camera didn't support transferring directly from the camera um but yeah i mean like you said no like no one has a camera anymore so uh those you know photographers that do and aren't using something like a red you know with their own proprietary whatever um get a dongle and that's fine i think i don't know yeah at this point i don't think the sd cards are like the limiting thing no 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 i mean yeah but like Anyways. HDMI port, that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. I think it's that not, would be awesome. Unlike VGA, it's not like HDMI is not being used, right? Yeah. It's everywhere. It's continuously being improved. Uh, it's getting faster every year. There's no point to not have this port. And for the longest time, all Apple computers had like a crappy HDMI 1.8 port uh, mm-hmm. instead of the 2.0 and now uh, 2.0A, B, and 2.1 uh, a yep. series of ports that came after that. Um, so it was like super disappointing for the longest time that HDMI port that was in the computers because there were newer port standards available. Apple just never used it. Uh, so yeah. if the HDMI port does come back, I hope Apple uses the latest standards for it. Please, uh, at the very least, when the computer comes out, like use the latest standard. Um, yeah. Well, they're using the latest standard on the new Apple TV, right? They've got It's yeah, got the- HDMI 2.1. Yeah, um, and then the Mac Minis that also came out also have 2.0 AB, which support HDR. Um, oh. So at the very least, the latest computers have the latest one. Uh, but for like the longest time, uh, we were stuck at HDMI 1.8, um, and yeah. that was just miserable because you couldn't connect to like a 4K screen decently with the, it. So it's a useless. The only port. the only thing I can think of is like I don't know if you can fit an HDMI cable on like the current thickness of macbook pro and they could just say like oh just use a USB-C cable because it's got display over USB-C, and it's like yeah but like i think they can make it slightly thicker it it is it is quite the height off the table um if you like look at it from the side um yeah like it does round from the bottom of the case so they can make Mm. that part thicker um without it being too unreasonable that's fair um, another one that would be cool, which I don't personally use a ton either would be like a better camera. And that's something I'm way surprised that Apple hasn't really embraced too much. Like the new iMac has the, um, the ultra or not ultra wide, but the wide angle camera with, um, what do they call it? Uh, 
The thing that follows you. Yeah, the thing that follows you, whatever that is. Like, they're kind center of updating stage, the cameras. Center stage. Center stage. But it's been, like, a 720p camera for, like, easily five years or so. So mm-hmm. it'd be nice to, like, I guess at least get that to 1080p. Um, and it's but... pretty It's it's pretty well, like, the reason why it is a 720p camera is because there's just no room in that okay. display case. Yes. But there's something new coming this year that happens to make the display a little thicker. Maybe. Which is... Oh, which uh, is mini LED. Mini LED screens. Yeah. So that way you can have HDR. So if the screen is getting thicker anyways, uh, mm-hmm. and you do now have some more room, then what's the harm using uh, all of the pre-purchased 1080 cameras that you were going to use in old iPads, <laughs> I guess, uh, on, on your Macs? Or... Better yet, use a 4K camera if there's enough room for it. Um, yeah. I don't think I don't think the jump from 1080 to 4K is that much bigger of a sensor um, nowadays. At least for the the lowest end of the lowest mm-hmm. end sensor, like it doesn't need to be able to take amazing shots. It just needs to make pretty good shots. Yeah, I think if we're if we're going along those lines and saying the dis, you know the the top of the laptop's going to be thicker, just throw in the whole face ID array and let us have that touch ID is great. And I love touch ID on my MacBook air, but uh face ID would be sweet. I think that would be way more uh, welcome than a better webcam, but that's just me. <laughs> well, it would come together, right? Like yeah. you would need a better webcam to support face ID. I suppose so. And then all the clamshell people are going to be like, well, how am I supposed to use my computer? Not to I mention, use my they laptop wouldn't be and... able to use the touch ID anyways. Yeah, exactly. That's how I use my laptop. I just type in my password. You can but get the it's... new. You can get the new keyboards since it will be an M generation That's computer. True. That's true. That's a good point. And all the sweet colors. Ooh, that would be another cool thing. The colors are not for sale. Surprisingly enough, the colored keyboards and accessories—they are not for sale. You have to buy the iMac. Yeah, you have to buy the iMac and then throw away the yeah. iMac and then you got to keep the accessories. <laughs> throw just. Well, that's all I need. <laughs> Um, that would be really cool though if they did um color MacBook Pros. I don't know if they will, but it'd be really cool. I mean, okay, so let's consider this: the original iMac, the first one, came out in colors, right? And it came out alongside a series of clamshell iBooks, and you're, those you're clamshell correct. iBooks were the same colors as the iMacs. Ooh. So that would maybe. be so cool. I would love a colored MacBook Pro. I don't know. I'm so happy that they're embracing color, and I hope that they keep going. Um, it's cool. I mean, people love like the iPhone 5C because they were all colorful, but now mm-hmm. we're getting iPhones that are colorful too. Um, just, just in just all the wrong cool. colors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. They've got some cool colors. Uh, oh, are you talking about the iMacs or the iPhones? The iPhones. The iMacs oh, are yeah. better colors than the iPhones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. So, I like, I like so this since you bring So since you bring in colors, uh, maybe there will be a new MacBook Air that comes out in colors, M2. And yeah. then in that same presentation, they're like, well, if you need something more powerful than a MacBook Air, here's your MacBook Pro. And then those have no colors. That's how you know it's Pro. Um, yeah. To our chagrin, uh, and that's going to be the one where it has a more powerful processor and all that, and then mm-hmm. they can get around the whole M2X before an M2 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, I can see that. 
that'd be fine. Um, but like you were mentioning, you know, using the um, not wanting like a discrete GPU in the MacBook Pros, I think along with just the um, the CPU core enhancements, I'm sure they're just going to throw in a bunch more GPU mm-hmm. cores. I mean, they've already proved that these things sit power. So there's no way that they can't just throw in I mean, they're going in compared to something that sips a whole lot more power. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's the previous generation. So they have up until that point, really, uh, to to scale things. And if they can have it in such a way where it's not all used when it doesn't need to be used, then it will just use that much less power along the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they don't up the GPU count. Uh, fairly significantly in at least the MacBook Pros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I can, I can definitely see. Hey, you are on a long flight. You want to have all sixteen hours of power available to you. You can go ahead and go to some preferences and say, Hey, like, can it with these extra cores? I don't want them right now. <laughs> Just make it, make this in a MacBook Air with a big battery, uh, and I will be happy with that performance envelope mm-hmm. uh, for that entire duration. Whereas maybe you want to go ahead and say, I have 20 minutes to finish my render um, and I'm on the go, I'm in a car uh, and I want to just use everything. I don't care about the amount of battery that I'm going to have left after this, uh, but you really need to finish a piece of work. Uh, That might be an opportunity to use a high power mode, which uh, some people are joking about early on, but it seems like that's actually a consideration. Uh, that would be really neat to be able to dynamically spin the computer's performance up or down, depending on what you need, especially since it does have so much more headroom, right? I've got it. I've got the link. They're going to put the MacBook Pro into hyperspeed, and that's what the event that's is. The hyper, that's the high-powered mode. It's like, yep. look how amazing this is, and then let's press high-power mode. It's just like a hyper-speed button, and it's like, <sighs> and gets the stars, and so, completes your Blender render in five minutes. So, uh, on that note, what are they going to use to show off how much more performance this chip is compared to anything else? Yeah, that's interesting. What's the benchmark I, that they're going to use? I, I'm sure that they'll throw in Final Cut Pro there. Um, rendering times on Final Cut Pro, maybe showing how many 4K you know tracks they can be playing at once, like they did with the i or with the Mac Pro. Um, you know, since they did just announce that partnership with Blender, it would be really cool to see a Blender render in there. Um, what else? Maybe something with like Affinity Photo or Darkroom. Yeah. So let's uh, pause on the Blender uh, thing okay. because that did just get pre like announced conspicuously right before an event right um exactly that they are saying that uh, they are bringing uh metal support to blenders i think it's called their cycles uh render um and if you don't know anything about blender much like i didn't know anything about blender two days ago until i started watching <laughs> a bunch of tutorials and then lo and behold apple makes this announcement so it's all thanks to my curiosity um but uh it turns out in Blender, you can choose to render things in different ways, depending on if you want an instant uh, result, much like a 3D game engine. Like as you move your character, it's re-rendering every frame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an instant result. Or if you want a photorealistic result, which is something that you uh, set to render in the background, and it might take a few minutes, it might take several hours. 
um, depending on the complexity of your scene. Uh, and all of this is not available on Macs, really. Um, as not at least not in Blender. I don't know about other 3D programs, but it seems like they kind of left the Mac scene a while ago. Um, and it's a ton of work to rewrite your rendering engine using something else. So what Apple announced uh, just earlier today as we record, uh, which is on Thursday of the previous week of the event. So as this comes out, the event is like the same day or the next day. So we'll do our best to make <laughs> make that possible. Uh, make us not sound like idiots for talking about stuff that's already been announced. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so as of Friday, uh, Thursday of the previous day, uh, Apple became a uh, something sponsor. Um, they had a specific term of it. Uh, for it, but this allows them to kind of be at the very top of their uh, of their names, right up there with Nvidia, AMD, uh, and Facebook. Oddly enough, um, and this will uh, this comes with a benefit for Blender, a bunch of Apple engineers to write their metal uh, rendering backend. Um, so I don't know what the stipulations were for this. It seems like just the first parts have been merged in, like the the mm-hmm. setup basically of making sure that all of Blender's kernels can be even compiled uh, in the metal shading language. Um, but there were some comments um, by Apple engineers that basically said they can't wait for everyone to see it actually running on Apple Silicon um, yeah. through metal um, or on just larger Macs via metal because OpenCL has been deprecated for years. Uh, so it seems like they do have a working copy um, up until now. Um, and it seems like a conspicuous timing that this is right before an Apple event that is presumably all for HomePods. I mean, Max, uh, right? <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely see Blender as being a highlight uh, in terms of showing off what um, mm-hmm. these Macs can do. I mean, the the Cylinder Mac Pro was a highlight during one of the WWDCs where people from Pixar were showing it, rendering their scene um, and being immensely capable at doing that. Because up until then, you don't generally have these kinds of GPUs in a workstation. You have it in a render farm um, over many, many computers. Um, So being able to do this live has always been something that Apple kind of enjoyed doing. So I can definitely see them bringing creative people on to demo what these machines are truly capable of. Um, and hopefully it's not like more video game demos that I'm endlessly uninterested in. Uh, you but don't want if an it's... AR video game demo? Come on, man. No, no, not really. <laughs> no. Not, especially not of Lego or Minecraft. Yeah, um, I was just going to say. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I guess that uh, hopefully uh, that is like intentionally there like as an early kind of preview uh, that we can mm-hmm. look forward to. Um, and hopefully, or maybe not hopefully, but maybe it also spells the end of OpenGL for real. Like, hey, open source, like, holdovers, we really need you to get off of OpenGL, um, maybe for the next macOS release, uh, because uh, we're getting rid of it for good. It's been deprecated for a few years, and now it's time to move on, um, and we can't have your software, like... Or it would be really embarrassing for us if your software just stopped working and that was like the last <laughs> thing that Mac users could use. So um, I could see this as being kind of the push that Apple needs uh, software to make because 
Metal has been out for a lot of years at this point, um, and yeah. adoption has been good in terms of some game engines for iOS, but for anything else, no one has really cared. So um, this is Apple just making them care by, by developing it themselves. Um, so yeah, Blender, Blender aside, finished. Do you think we'll get any Mac, new Mac Minis? Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting if they did. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I have no reason to suspect that they won't update the Mac Mini, the new iMac, um, the like the twenty-four inch, and hopefully they come out with like a twenty-seven inch or even an iMac Pro. I mean, if they have a chip that can be the Pro chip for sixteen-inch MacBook Pros. Throw that thing in an iMac, and you'd make so many people happy. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, the only Intel Macs that are still being sold are the higher end, if you can yep. call it that, Mac Mini. Um, IO wise, the higher end Mac Mini. Um, yes. It used to be the only Mac Mini with 10 gigabit Ethernet. Now it's one of two Mac Minis with 10 gigabit Ethernet, but it does also have four Thunderbolt ports, so it's more yes. expandable. As you said before, external GPUs, all sorts of things you can do with it. So hopefully a new Mac Mini kind of follows up with this, has four Thunderbolt ports, maybe support for four external 6K displays. Like maybe that's the use case of like a super powered little thing that you don't need to be expandable, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That could be really, really cool. Um, And then, uh, as you said, the iMac Pro... Maybe the big iMac is just going to be the iMac Pro. Maybe it's going to be a separate product altogether. We don't really know, but it kind of fits well. You have the small mm-hmm. non-pro thing, and then you have the larger uh, pro thing that has more capabilities uh, processing-wise, right? Yep. Be interesting. I I think it, the the iMac Pro is 27 inches, right? Yes. Be interesting to see a bigger one, although I think for a lot of people... Uh, including myself, 27 inches is like a really good sweet spot for, for size. Um, I know you, Mr. Um, Pro Display XDR have a, a larger monitor than that. So I don't know if you, you think it would be nicer to have a display that maybe matches the, the physical, uh, dimensions diagonally of the Pro Display XDR. I don't know. Well, just like there's going to be a new MacBook Pro that is rumored in 14 and 16, maybe the new iMac Pro is uh, going to come out in both 2732 or 2730 um, in two different sizes. Like, I could totally see that happening. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think we're going to maybe get new displays? Like, external displays? It would be really nice. I think it would be... A welcome addition to have something that isn't six thousand dollars, but also isn't a Thunderbolt two display. <laughs> there's there's not been a good middle ground for a while, and it was I found it so weird when Apple was just like, "Hey, we've got this five K LG display," and you're like, uh, "This is really weird coming in from an Apple you know presentation." So, if they could go back to making a really good Thunderbolt slash USB four display. I would very much enjoy that. Um, And in a variety of sizes, right? Like if Mm -hmm. their display, you can have a small one that's high density. You can have 
uh, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, and then ginormous. Um, if those can be the sizes that are available, like people would be really happy with that. It lets yeah. people size according to the space they have. Um, like the same reason a lot of people went for the smaller iMac compared to the bigger one is because they didn't have space for a bigger yeah. one. Um, so maybe someone wants a Mac Mini with two smaller displays because that's how um, they work. That would be really neat for Apple to make available. I think even give me an a chassis that looks exactly the same as an iMac, but it's just a display. That would be cool. I would love that. I think they look awesome, but... But you know it won't align with the iMacs <laughs> side by side. Yeah, okay. The displays well, never did, which is super ironic. Mm, good point. I don't know how to solve that one. <laughs> It'll be but in slightly different colors. <laughs> oh, no. Just make them, like, darker shades. Oh. No, different shades. It's the, it's the new fall collection. <laughs> no, please don't do that. That would be bad. Uh, it'd be cool though, going back to colors, it'd be really cool if they keep the colors on the IMAX like indefinitely. I don't know if it'd be nice to have maybe refreshes or like different colors slightly tweak them, but I hope that they keep the colored IMAX around. And also, like you said, it'd be awesome to bring them to at least the MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. This week's episode of Code Completion is brought to you by Pennant, calling all sports fans. Want to keep track of the season, but there's so many teams and not enough time? Check out Pennant. Pennant provides sports standings at a glance. Pennant displays league standings as a simple bar chart where the best teams rise to the top throughout the season. Of course, you can dig in deeper with team stats, game results, and more. Version 10 introduced the all-new customizable My Pennant View, where you can build a wide selection of visualizations for any sport, division, or team. Unlike pen, unlock Pennant Premium to add as many blocks as you'd like and put all of them on your home screen as a widget. Whether you follow MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, or MLS, Pennant has you covered with more sports and leagues coming soon. Thank you so much to Pennant for sponsoring Code Completion. Download Pennant on the iOS App Store today. So now that we've gone through our topics, it's time for Complete the Code, where we quiz our listeners on your knowledge of Swift, Apple, and all things development. Spencer? Um, yeah, so we have one winner this week, Andrew, who wrote in to say, uh, you can simply update your constraints in the method, uh, before calling super. So as an example, the, um, the method was, uh, overriding the function update view constraints. And at the end of the method, it had constraints. So the question was what goes in here? Um, so as an example, you could have something like maybe, um, two arrays of constraints that you want to um, kind of switch between. So you could deactivate both of those constraints um, and then just have whatever conditional logic you wanted, um, maybe if they were in portrait mode or landscape mode or something, and just activate one array of constraints uh, per your conditions. And then once super is called, it, it should update those constraints. Yep, I found this super useful when I was playing around with it. Like, just to have two properties on your view that just declare an array of constraints. It's in one place, easy to update, um, and then just have some simple conditionals to switch between one, two, or three different variations. I, I really like that, that it's in just a constant of, uh, you know, an array of, of constraints that I think that makes it really easy. Mm-hmm. And all programmatic. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Zibs. That's awesome. Um, so this week we have another UI kit, UI kit question for you. So if you're listening to the podcast, as always, you can check the podcast art or the show notes to follow along. 
Um, so what can go wrong in this code that switches on an index path when a cell is tapped? So if you need a hint, listen to last week's episode. Um, but uh, for everyone else, uh, good luck. And if you think you can complete the code, tweet your answers to us with hashtag complete the code, all one word. And the first to get right will get a shout out on the following week's show. So as always, I want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Code Completion to know when new episodes get released. And feel free to tweet at us if there's ever a topic you'd like for us to dig into. Most importantly, as a small podcast, please be sure to share this with all your friends and family who are also interested in any part of the process of app development. It's really your support that enables us to continue doing this, and we hope to grow a healthy community around everything we discuss. So once again, I want to give my thanks to Spencer, who is at Spencer C. Curtis. That's S-P-E-N-C-E-R-C-C-U-R-T-I-S on Twitter for joining me this week. My name, once again, is Dimitri. You can find me at Dimitri Buniol. That's D-I-M-I-T-R-I-B-O-U-N-I-O-L. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.